Coming up. And another way to phrase this is that we need to be willing to connect with people from other cultures. Find commonality. In this instance, the Holy Spirit gave them the common language to find connection and commonality so that the people could understand the things of God. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Everyone experiences life-disrupting events. When these events occur, we are forced to decide what our next steps will be. Now that deaths from COVID-19 have tremendously declined, and safety measures are relaxing, what will be your next steps as a follower of Jesus Christ? Join Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn for the message series, What Now? As they look at how the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ helps guide our attitudes and actions in the post-pandemic world. Here's the fourth message in the series, Get Prepared to Gather. Part three. And I gave you um, some things uh, last week, three things last week. And one was we asked the question, <clears throat> the question, excuse me, how does the church prepare for better? One was the church must be willing to wait. Two was the church must be comfortable with not knowing some things. And then three, we discussed the church must be in one accord. So I want to continue to answer, answer that question. How does the church prepare for better? Mm-hmm. And number four today, write this down. The church must be willing to give the gospel to all people. The church must be willing to give the gospel to all people. In Acts 2, 4 through 8 and verse 11, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak different languages. The Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do this. There were some godly Jews in Jerusalem at this time. They were from every country in the world. I want to pause on that for a moment. So we see all the countries in the world represented at the time that the Holy Spirit filled the believers in Jerusalem. So they were coming from all places and different cultures. And God was making a point. Mm -hmm. He was underlying and underscoring the point that he's called his people to give the message to all people groups and all cultures. And then verse six goes on to say, a large crowd came together because they heard the noise. They were surprised because as the apostles were speaking, everyone heard in their own language. So we see here that God equipped his people to communicate with all the people in their own language um, from all the different countries. At the same time. Uh, At the same time. Mm -hmm. And verse seven says, they were all amazed at this. They did not understand how the apostles could do this. Look at how they, what they said. It says, they said, look, these men, we hear speaking all from, are all from Galilee. So all the people speaking were from Galilee. They were Galileans. 
They didn't even know the languages beforehand that they were speaking. Mm-hmm. The God empowered them to communicate with the other languages. Right. And verse eight says, but we hear them in our own languages. How is this possible? Mm-hmm. We are all from all these different places. And then verse 11 says, we can all understand the great things they are saying about God. So God used this opportunity of of, uh, pouring out the Holy Spirit to cause them to speak the languages Mm -hmm. of all these different um, people and to speak about God in the language, to declare the glory of God to all people. And this underscores God's desire for us to do that. And then Acts 1.8 says, but the Holy Spirit will come on you. And we read this earlier in the series. Um, The Holy Spirit will come on you and give you power. You will be my witnesses. You will tell people everywhere about me. In Jerusalem, in the rest of Judea, in Samaria, and in every part of the world. Look at what God did. So we see here that we must be willing to tell people from all cultures about Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that to you again, because we're looking at what should we do and what now post-pandemic. And the fourth point is we got to be willing to tell all people. So we we got to get rid of some of the things that may cause us to hesitate not to tell certain cultures about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We got to overcome that. And another way to phrase this is that we need to be willing to connect with people from other cultures. Find commonality. In this instance, the Holy Spirit gave them the common language to find connection and commonality so that the people could understand the things of God. And that's what happened. So practically for us, some of the things that we we might want to do in order to find commonality so that we can connect with people from other cultures is to find common hobbies, find common pastimes, some kind of way that we can connect that can give us an opportunity to communicate the good things of God to all people. And um, I want to give you a personal story. And I probably told you this some point in time over the years um, um, about an incident in my life where I, when I worked at the Numi plant, um, there was one of my coworkers who was deaf. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I, I, developed a friendship with him. And every day I would go talk to him. I would, I would go talk to him and I asked him to teach me sign language. So every day I would go and give him a list of five to 10 words. And, and then he would sign them to me and I, I would sign them back. And then we were, so I did this for, I don't know how long. Um, and I, I, I got, 
I had a list of words. I kept the list of words I knew. It, it got up to over 500 words that I knew in sign language. I, I don't remember them all now, y'all. So, um, but I would talk to him every day. He would teach me words every day. And so I would come up with words. And then it found out that he was a basketball player. Mm -hmm. So we loved to play basketball. He loved basketball. He actually um, played basketball in high school and in college mm -hmm. because he played at, the, there's a, a school of death, of the deaf, de, um, deaf in, in Fremont high school that he attended and he played basketball there. He broke records, basketball records there. And then he went to play college and there's a, a school of the deaf in, in Washington. I think it's Washington state that he attended and played basketball there. And so we started playing in a, we created, put a team together. Well, first thing happened was he got some of his friends together that he played with that was on, he, he played on a club, a team of, of deaf players. And he, so he got his team together and then I got together some ballers that I knew mm -hmm. um, your, 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 our, our nephew, your nephew came that one time mm -hmm. and um, ball with us. And, uh, and so we, 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 we had a game we, they, at the, at the school in Fremont, we got together and then he and I played on a, on, in a, in a league together. And so we found commonality. Um, I found commonality with him in those areas of learning his language and um, our love for basketball. Yeah. And so, yeah. and I would talk to him about God and stuff. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't, he never at least openly accepted Christ, but the, in, in your presence, in my presence. Yeah. Yes. But we plant the seed we and, plant we let, the seed. and we let the Holy spirit do the rest. Amen. You know? Amen. Yeah. But he was a great friend and I, I, you know, we, we really got along. We really clicked. And uh, we, we even clicked on the basketball court. He was a good, he was really a good player. He was yeah. a real true hooper. Yeah. He was a true hooper. Yeah. See, hearing impairedness doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't stop you from having those basketball skills. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. His name was Rodney, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so we got to love everybody and be willing to find commonality with all people. Mm -hmm. So the fifth thing that we need to do um, to prepare for better is the church must be able to scripturally explain our activities. Mm -hmm. The church must be able to scripturally explain our activities. Acts 2, 12 through 16. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. So they were asking, what does this mean after the Holy Spirit had been poured out and they had, were speaking in, in, their, in their language? They were hearing these Galileans speaking their language. And they all said, what does this mean? Okay. They wanted an explanation for this great thing they were experiencing that the early church was doing. And verse 13 goes on to say, some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. So I want to pause right here. Okay. So you see what happened here. That there was a powerful activity that happened through the early church. Some raised the question, what does this mean? They got curious about it. But then there were others who complained. 
They, they, they use the C for a different thing. They use the C to complain or criticize <laughs> and others use the C for curiosity. <laughs> All right. And that's going to happen with the activities of the church. Some will get curious, but then some will criticize. We have to be ready to deal with both. In either case, yeah. explanation is needed. We need explanation to answer the question of those who are curious, and we need explanation to address those who criticize. Yeah. So they can see that we have biblical support for our activities. Mm hmm. Right. And I'm going to comment on that a, a little bit later. So look what, what verse 14 says. Then Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. <laughs> they asked, what does this mean? Peter says, well, let me explain. He goes on to say, listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. <laughs> no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. You see what happened here? Peter addressed the critics and those who are curious mm -hmm. with the scripture. He said this was what the prophet Joel talked about. Mm -hmm. And we can find out this in the Joel in the book of Joel, chapter two. Peter was referencing that. And so Peter used the scripture to explain the activity. And that's what we need to be able to do. This is part of the reason at Quench, we provide you with a message outline. Right. Okay. And encourage you to take notes. Mm -hmm. This is part of the reason we do this. So that you'll be able to teach um, and to and to and to biblically explain everything that we teach and do at Quench Life. We try to have a scripture to support all of our activities, and we want to make sure you know why we do what we do. That's right. That's right. And so what we need to make sure is that. Now that we've given you the outline, <laughs> you have to utilize it, though. Right. We made it available for you, but you have to put it to use. And if you weren't doing that before the pandemic, I want to tell you, going back to normal <laughs> is not an appropriate option. <laughs> Change that. And start utilizing um, this tool we give you with the with the outline to help you explain the activities of the church and what you're doing to the curious and also to the critic. All right. That's good. That's good. The sixth thing that we must do to prepare for better. The church must help people understand they have sinned against God. The church must help people understand they've sinned against God. Acts 2, 22 through 23 says, my fellow Israelites, listen to these words. Jesus from Nazareth was very, was a very special man. God clearly showed this to you. He proved it by the miracles, wonders, and miraculous signs he did 
through Jesus Christ. All right, I want to pause on that for a minute. Hey, uh, Peter is telling them that Jesus was special. Okay, God, God has proved it. It, it, and he's proved it to you. Um, and he's pointing out their own experience relative to Christ. And he's building the case against them that they've sinned against God. And then the text reads on in verse 20, in verse 22, it says, you all, you all saw these things. So, you know, this is true. Verse 23 says, Jesus was handed over to you and you killed him. With the help of evil men, you nailed him to a cross. Wow. Peter pointed out their sin. And he was helping them understand that you killed an innocent man. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. God has given all of us, all people, every single person, a sense of right and wrong. Okay, Whether you read the Bible or not, there's something in every person. It's called a conscience. Where you can sense whether or not you're doing something that's wrong. Thank you for listening.